Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We've had three possessions, you know, and so... Uh, you just got to look at each series and say, why is that and how can we improve it? And if we go out in Friday night and have three touchdowns, you're still going to go back and look at, you know, how can we be better? What do we what do we need to improve? And so you're always looking back at what you got to do better, whether it's a, a positive outing or there's a lot left out there. Was he talking to you there, Judd? No, I wasn't there for that. I was. Um, Will he ever answer another question from you ever again yeah. after oh, the way that he looked at you with such disdain a couple weeks ago? He absolutely doesn't care. Yes, yes. Okay. He's not a. I. It literally. He is the definition of Teflon. Like it just rolls off his back. He really. It's. It's kind of a credit. Like. Yeah. He doesn't let. Well, it's not that he doesn't let things bother him. I'm sure he does. He's a human being, but he just kind of keeps the same. He's the same Kirk demeanor pretty much all the time. It's like when he was asked about, you know, hey, did did Griffin talk to you? Have you talked to him? Oh, well, yeah, that was that's, last January. That's, that's yesterday's old news. Story. Old story. Yesterday's news. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Purple Daily. This isn't yesterday's news. This is today's news. This is the future right here of media consumption. With Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, executive producer Declan Goff, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And uh, we have one mission statement on this show. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Before we die, and we're going to get into um, a Mike Zimmer question I want to ask you guys, Judd's camp notes, and also random Viking of the week today. Also, thanks to TCL TVs. TCL is uh, the favorite TV of us here on Purple Daily, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. And they have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So we had a lengthy discussion on Mackie and Judd, our other daily show yesterday, about Mike Zimmer. And it it stemmed from a tweet that I sent out that, hey, he owns a 64-47-1 record in seven years as a head coach. Obviously, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. That should be the main goal here for everyone. 
but his train wreck seasons are seven and nine. So like with Zimmer, you get mostly winning seasons and you get a floor that's going to be flirting with playoffs. Now he's only won two playoff games and his record against winning teams is very bad. He's only won 30% of games against winning teams. And so I'm not saying it's all great and people are, you know, trashing him in an unwarranted nature. Like there are things to nitpick, but here's my question to you. Cause I think the biggest nitpick of Zimmer in terms of like his philosophy is that he's old school. He's like a coach straight out of the nineties. It's defense, ball control, run the ball, don't take risks, right? Well, he came out a couple days ago at his press conference. I think you were there for this, Judd. And he said, I want, you know, how, how do you guys score more points preseason, whatever? And he said, I want touchdowns, and I want us to throw the ball down the field. That's what he said. He goes, we're not going to score points doing 25 checkdowns to get to the end zone. Like, let's push the ball down the field. So my question to you guys is, if Mike Zimmer is evolving and and he's soaking in and learning from the last seven years, and if he's coming out now and saying, I want my offense to be more aggressive, I'm going to be focused on the defense, and so I'm not going to be like in every offensive meeting, but philosophically, I want us to be more aggressive and push the football down the field. Mm-hmm. How would that change in Mike Zimmer's mindset affect your opinion of him as a coach i think it's one thing to say it i I would need to actually see it executed on a consistent basis that you could tell that there had been a uh, change in mindset of approach to offense and what you allow your quarterback and receivers and also in this case clint kubiak to do as the chief play caller uh if i saw it it would definitely change my mindset because it would be a drastic change for him I, i mean he's a guy who loves to run the ball for a multitude of reasons, including the fact that it keeps his beloved defense in his mind. This might not be true, but in his mind, it eats up more clock when you are trying to run the football and therefore your defense is not on the field as much. But yeah, if you had that type of sea change from Mike and he was like, yeah, you know what? We should throw the ball more. Uh, John DeFilippo wasn't necessarily right, but he had some ideas that I probably should have been open to at the time. And I was not, uh, I would say, yeah, that, that would be, a that would be the equivalent of of not getting a new computer, but updating your hardware on your old one, and it at least runs faster. <laughs> I'm trying to envision Mike Zimmer like blue screen of death on his on his PC, just like that, ha- hammering the keyboard. Yeah, What's wrong I mean, with this damn like thing? When, when Judd uh, just upgraded his phone like six months ago for the first time in like five or six years, like that's the same. That's the same thing. Judd now has yes. the, the has now uh, the, the the 2021 version of a pass heavy offense. Yeah, it's great. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, well, how would it impact your opinion, Dex? If all of a sudden he's, you know, he's defensive guy, but he's also like, he's kind of Bruce Arians. He's like, hey, we're throwing the ball down the field, damn it. And and you're just going to have to figure it out, offensive line, because we're going to take shots. And we're going we're going for it all. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the, the, you have to figure out the fine line, because obviously when Filippo came in, he had the right philosophy to a degree, and, but but at the same time, Dalvin Cook was who was battling some injuries but still was a very premier back, um, I, I think they buried him a little bit. So you have to figure out ways to like balance it. Look at look at the Saints, obviously, with Kamara um, and Breeze a few years ago with Sean Payton. You know, they had, obviously, a top-tier running back. They obviously still had Drew Breeze still in his prime and still a damn good quarterback, and they're able to balance that out very successfully. Can you mold that yeah. into something similar? 
Also, same thing with the Rams when they went to their run of the Super Bowl. Like Jared Goff was limited, and Jared Goff is not as good as a quarterback as Kirk Cousins was, but they had Todd Gurley. They fed the rock. They still passed a ton. They took a ton of deep shots. Can you find like that happy medium? And yeah, if, if that if that means letting you know Clint Kubiak take off those kids' gloves and, and give him the reins a little bit more, I'm all for it. But it is they, they do have to find the balance of still keeping Dalvin Cook involved because it's not like Dalvin Cook is obviously any slouch. He's probably a top three, top five back in the league. So finding that balance while still having a top 10 offense and taking shots. I'm all for that. Yeah. Can I, well, can I go, go ahead? Can I interpret though, what I think Mike was saying, because I, I think Mike is incredibly calculated. And I think there's a lot of times that he says things that we interpret to mean, Oh, you might pass more. And he's like, yeah, not really what I mean. My interpretation of what he was saying uh, is this. I think there are, well, I don't think I know it's crystal clear uh, that since the whole, non-vaccination quarantine of his starting quarterback that he has taken a couple a few shots at the quarterback play uh specifically Kirk Cousins I think what he was saying there was I need my quarterback to be comfortable enough to be able to drive the ball downfield more that doesn't mean that I want to pass more but he played and and in Kirk's defense here so I'm just telling you my interpretation okay so I am not dumping on Kirk here but in Kirk's defense, he played three series, his first three series of the preseason. Now, in my opinion, in practice, he's not looked good. But if we're just taking game film, three series. Mm-hmm. And he was checking down. He was doing, I, I think he completed five of seven or five of six passes. So the completion percentage was high, but it was ineffective. And I think Mike was saying, well, that's what Kirk's going to do. I mean, I could get Case Keenum back here to do that. So mm-hmm. I think it was, along with the Jake Browning is going to the Hall of Fame speech. I think it was more of a not so veiled shot at his quarterback's play in those three series than an actual desire to change his philosophy. Um. Okay. So you think you think it was you think it was more micro. You think that he's just like yeah. re- reacting to the one to the one game. I think Mike is. I think no, no pun intended here. I think Mike is very micro. Okay. I think Mike has a lot of points that he likes to make. And they're usually because of short of short term frustrations or short term changes that he wants to see made. And see, I think if he were to if if he were to take and again, I don't know, we're not inside his mind, you know, I don't know, maybe someone can maybe maybe at the next press conference you can ask him about the deep pass comment. Is that a philosophical thing or is that just like reacting to one game? Correct that you hate um, your quarterback. <laughs> do you hate your quarterback? Be how honest. Much you, how much do you guys do you hate, hate each other? How much do you hate each other? Um, because I, I mean, I, I, I just want to use the Buccaneers as an example from from last year, and I want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find something else from 2019 that might prove my point. Uh, two years in a row, but people are gonna say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl because, well, Tom Brady, right? And like, yes, when you have Tom Brady historically, you got a pretty damn good chance to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But if you start to sort of peel back, all right, let's let's take the name away for a second. And I'm not going to compare Kirk Cousins to Tom Brady because they're not the same. Their stats might look the same. There's a different level of leadership. Like I hate, I hate when people say, "Well, Brady's a pocket passer." Right? Yeah, he's the greatest leader and pocket passer of the last 30 years. Right? What were the things, the ingredients, and the blueprint for the Buccaneers and how they won the Super Bowl last year? I'm going to point to two main macro principles. One that Mike Zimmer values already. The Buccaneers were third last season in defensive pressure rate. So they got pressure on opposing quarterbacks, something like 30% of snaps. 
because they had a really good defensive front. The Vikings, depending on what they can get from Everson Griffin, DJ Wanham on the opposite, we know what Daniil Hunter is going to give you. Daniil Hunter is one of the great players in the NFL. I like that Sheldon Richardson's going to mix in on passing situations. He is a really good interior pressure guy. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings are going to pop back up and be really good at getting pressure, as they have been for the majority of Mike Zimmer's career. The other thing that stood out about the Buccaneers' offense, Bruce Arians has been like this everywhere. By far, they had the most deep pass attempts of any team in the NFL. And that's something that Tom Brady wasn't comfortable with. Like Those New England offenses would take shots once in a while, but they were predicated on short, intermediate crossing routes like Julian Edelman, Right, even the the passes to Gronk up the seam, like those yeah, are forty Welker. yard passes. Wes Welker, Danny uh, Amendola, Amendola, right? Yes, yes. Um, like that was a challenge in the first half of the year for Tom Brady throwing the ball deep. Now you need your offensive line to hold up. It all came together for them at the end. And again, they have Tom Brady, so it's hard to do an apples to apples here. But if you want to simplify the macros here, what were the biggest? most important macro principles for why the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. They were great at getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and they were great at hitting home run deep balls and pushing the ball, driving it down the field. The Vikings should have half of that equation. And my plea to Mike Zimmer is, as you're influencing Clint Kubiak and the offensive strategy, push that aggressive agenda. Play action. You guys are great at play action. Now, again, offensive line, you can't have Rashad Hill getting bowled over. You can't have Garrett Bradbury getting forklifted. So those are things that are going to play into your play calling. But if he is indeed open to changing his macro mindset offensively, I think it could be great for this team. And it, it piqued my interest when he said that early. I was like, whoa, Mike, mm-hmm. interesting. Mike, little, yeah. little learning some lessons here. So, But you think it's micro? I think it's a sh- Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think he watched Kirk play and thought, that's what I'm getting. You know, Mike always wants the car. Mike doesn't want to take care of the car. He just wants the car to run really well. <laughs> he wants to get that puppy on the Autobahn and go 115. And it's like, yeah, but Mike, you got to put, you got to give the car some love. It needs oil. It needs, and Mike's like, no, 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 no. Right. I want it to go 115. Okay. But, but that's my interpretation because I think that I've, I've tried to look for, since Kirk came back from the quarantine thing, I've tried to look for potential shots because he's going to take shots. Like he's frustrated by this now, yeah. And all right, okay. But so. yeah, it's I. I'm with you on the on the philosophical discussion here because it would because you do pay Kirk enough, and you know we've talked about this a lot. Kirk can throw that pass, that, and that's the thing dude, I've never get gotten about this whole thing. Yes, and Jefferson. I mean, Diggs could catch that pass. Jefferson could catch that pass. You know, Thielen Thielen caught that pass in a freaking playoff game to clinch it and he caught that pass i believe against philadelphia in year one of kirk on a beautiful play i mean kirk can throw that ball Diggs caught that ball uh, a bunch and and there's a big difference between the the interception that kirk threw to start the falcons game which was uh he d- didn't see the linebacker it was awful okay i got a problem with that but if you're going deep and you get picked off sometimes that's a that's a very different looking int it's still in the stats, but it's a very different feel than what the hell was that pass. Yeah. So, uh, like yeah. yeah. Yes, Kirk, we, we do like we do that. Like we also that. like we also like Surly Beer on the show here. Let's pretty, see. Pretty uh, much our favorite. And I see all the people tweeting photos, and that's really cool. Like yes, people just taking yes. photos people of their. Coming, Jay Zolgad, Z-U-L-G-A-D on Twitter. So let's see. Hold on a second here. So Friday night's coming. 
Preseason game three is coming. Mm-hmm. Today is Thursday, correct? Um, you know what I think it's time to do? I think it's time to get out to your local liquor store and pick up pick up that six-pack or, or more, or more, Surly Furious. Because the great thing is, Surly and especially Furious gives you the opportunity to celebrate and be happy if preseason game three goes well. But let's say Kirk comes out because he's going to play. Let's say Kirk comes out, he doesn't play well. And you're Furious? Well, you can drown your sorrows. Drink responsibly, of course. With a furious, yeah, you think we can get Surly to change their tagline to uh, "Drown Your Sorrows" drown if the Vikings lose? Uh, you know what? You never know. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. <laughs> Minnesota's favorite IPA. You do enough settling in life, crack open a Surly Furious. Enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Go get that Surly today. Also, uh, thank you guys. When you support our sponsors and partners, you're supporting us, and you're keeping this thing going forward. It's been a great year for Purple Daily, the Marconi finalist Purple Daily, by the way. And uh, we're pumped for the season to start. Also, a shout-out to Moon Motorsport, celebrating 50 years as a family-owned and operated multi-line dealer in Monticello. So uh, if you're interested in ATVs, side-by-sides, motorcycles, snowmobiles, this is the most exciting collection of power sports vehicles in the region. Ten different well-known brands, and uh, just a bunch of smart industry professionals that are dedicated to power sports and the entire experience. So check them out. Either just stop in in Monticello or go to moonmotorsports.com today. You like that? You like that? Boys, it's time for the Random Viking of the Week where I pit you guys against each other. We'll get to Judd's camp notes here shortly. But uh, Judd, I believe, has had the upper hand in recent iterations of Random Viking of the Week, we've given you Tavares Jackson. Declan scored that one within, like, three syllables of my first clue. Yep. Uh, Kelly Campbell, Leroy Horde, Jerome Felton. And this Random Viking of the Week. Here are the rules. I will give out a series of clues, sort of one by one. You guys each get three incorrect guesses before you're just eliminated. And you can guess whenever you want. Just shout out a guess. You can ask me questions, yes or no questions. I am not obligated to answer. Okay. Those are the rules. All right. All right. We'll start with the clues here. This random Viking of the week is originally from Los Angeles, California. Okay. Should narrow it down quite a bit. There's <laughs> not that many people in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, no. This random Viking of the week played college football in the Pac-12. This random uh, Viking of the Week played for more teams than just the Vikings. Or I should say the Vikings... uh, Well, I'll phrase it this way. The Vikings were his first team. Okay. This random Viking of the Week stands six feet tall and weighs 204 pounds. Hailing... Only six From feet, Los right? Angeles, California. He's not that big. Six foot, 204. Fighting out of the blue corner. 204. Okay. This random Viking of the week has a five-syllable name. So first and last name. People were ripping Declan for yeah, this because yeah. I gave you a four-syllable yeah. name last week, I, yeah, and I, you might have just forgotten that. Yeah, there, there's these uh, fine things sometimes called motor skills that I lack, and yeah, that's one of them. Okay. 
Oh man, so people were making fun of you for that. That's mm-hmm. I, I like how you threw it right back at mm-hmm. the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um five syllable? Yes. So uh-huh. Yep, huh. no, I know. Right. No, okay. no, I'm I'm running through six feet two oh four is not that big. I mean, there's a lot of football players that are right, right. That. But I was thinking, but at first I was thinking like defensive line. He's not a defensive tackle. I'll give or you that. Like Clint. linebacker. It's not Pat Williams. <laughs> yeah, he's not from Los Angeles. It's not Phil okay, Holt. <laughs> yeah. I tried to defend Declan, and then it's he also came not five that. syllables. All right. Yeah, it's it's not it's I not just, Jerry Ball. Yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay, this random Viking of the week was undrafted. This random Viking of the Week played four years with the Vikings. Four years undrafted. This random Viking of the Week never scored a touchdown with the Vikings. Okay, so it's a it's an offensive player. I'm to take it by that clue. Is that a question to me? Yes. I, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. I'm Actually, you know what? This. You know what? I will. It's a okay. defensive player. Oh, never scored a touchdown. Um, I'm next level here, man. All right? I'm here to throw you off. Okay, so it's a defensive back. This random Viking of the Week played for Brad Childress. Hold on. No. This random Viking of the Week no. played in the secondary. Yeah, I, I figured I figured that one out. Uh, played for Brad Childress. This random Viking of the Week became a full-time starter in 2010. He went from undrafted to being a full-time starter in 2010. But maybe not with the Vikings. With the Vikings. Oh, with the Vikings. Okay. I'll take a stab. Marcus McCauley? got it. No, he he was drafted. It's a really good guess, though. Third round. He was a third-round pick. Okay. Mm. Third-round pick. Hold on. So, okay. So, 2010. I had no idea where he went to college. He just matched five syllables and he was a defensive back. Which is when Brad got <laughs> fired. So, it's so it's the year that Brad got fired. Wait. <clears throat> this random Viking of the week was probably more known. I think I got it. For off the field things than on oh. the field things. Off the field? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Okay. So. And that doesn't necessarily mean bad. His story, I will say, his story as a player, people were interested in non-on-the-field things with this player. This player picked off three passes in 2010 and scored two touchdowns later with the Kansas City Chiefs, who he also played for. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. This player... I got it. I got it. I got it. Judd's got it. Hussein Abdullah. There it is. Damn it. Hussein Abdullah. So my off-the-field thing is... So he. my other clue was going to be he sometimes wouldn't eat during practice. Because practicing his religion and during Ramadan, from when the sun comes up till it goes down, you fast. um, But he didn't tell him the first year, and so he was like almost passing out. Right. Like, dude, dude, why aren't you... 
No, he, he didn't eat or drink. He didn't drink water. Yeah, and he's been very philanthropic. His brother played yeah. in the NFL. Uh, a great dude. Hussein Abdullah, just an all-time good guy. I think he might have won or was nominated a couple times for Walter Payton Award. Like I, I'm, I'm, or that might have yeah. been his brother. That I sounds accurate. Yeah. He did a ton of great work mm-hmm. off the field. Um, so there's your random Viking of the What's week here on Purple Daily. So um, it looks like Declan has one to Judd's four. So okay. Judd is up four. Declan, is there a wheelhouse here for you? I mean, I, I, I feel mean, like if I go back too far, like if I go into the 90s, are you just totally yeah, screwed? Yeah, I'm toast. I would say anywhere between 2001, 2000, I got 2000 and on. Because I'm going to go 90s for at least some of these. Yeah, I get that. We'll try and keep it with I got last. no sympathy for the guy who unleashed the 2010-11 wild on me. <laughs> <laughs> keep him coming. Yeah, keep it. It's That's fine. Right. You can find Random Season Recall on Mackie and Judd every single week. Andrew Brunette, 45 years old. (laughs) All right, let's get to Judd's camp notes here. Judd's camp notes presented by the Minnesota Lottery's Vikings Scratch Games. Check these things out. Say I'm into Vikings Scratch Games. $5 games win you up to $100,000. $2 games up to $15,000. Great second champ prizes for Vikings tickets and merchandise. So uh, get pumped and say, I'm in to Viking Scratch Games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. All right, Judd, what do you got from Vikings camp here? Okay, so the regular season is set to start in a couple of weeks. It's September 12th against the Bengals. And we talked about this on Mackie and Judd as well, but it's worth revisiting here. As we approach opening day, this is a time when the Vikings have traditionally done at least one big contract extension. Uh, a year ago, it was the day before the opener against Green Bay, Dalvin Cook. Go way back when, the day before the opener, and the San Diego Chargers at the time in San Diego, Adrian Peterson. So the two... The Chargers. Go Chargers. Go Chargers. The two candidates for... Get to the chopper. Get to the carpet. The two candidates for extensions are... Harrison Smith, who's in the last year of his contract with no guaranteed cash left. And as Doogie has told us, there have been extensive talks there going back, I think, to the springtime. Uh, The second candidate is right tackle Brian O'Neill, both in very different places in their lives and careers, because O'Neill is going to be coming to the end of his um, four-year rookie contract. There's no fifth year because he's not a first-round pick. Harrison Smith is 32, and so he's more along the lines of trying to set up for what would be almost certainly his final contract. Let's start with Harrison Smith and trying to fill in Dex. Handicap, which one gets paid sooner, okay? Harrison Smith, uh, it looks like there might be a hiccup there in the, the contract talks based on the fact that Jamal Adams, who's 25, an outstanding safety for the Seattle Seahawks, recently received a four-year, $70 million contract that includes $38 million, that's the key figure, guaranteed, making him the highest-paid safety in the National Football League. The difference is the age, 25 for Adams, 32 for Smith. Nonetheless, Smith remains very good and very effective, and so there's no question that his camp would look at what Jamal Adams got, and they might not want the same term, but they probably want sort of some of the same type of cash as far as as average annual value. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, so... I don't think it's – I mean, it's tough when you're six or seven years older than Jamal Adams in his prime to use that as a comp, but I understand that him raising the top – like he raised the ceiling of what safeties get paid, and so I get why that would be a pause point. 
I think they're going to figure something out with Harrison Smith. I, I think he probably wants to retire as a Viking. This is the last year of his contract. And so if they're haggling over like a couple million dollars here and there, like Brzezinski will just find a way. To me, the biggest, most important one is Brian O'Neill. You need Brian O'Neill. He's in his prime. You need him for like the next five years. And um, I predicted this as a uh, bonus write that down prediction on Mackie and Judd earlier. I think they're going to wind up agreeing to something that slots him in behind Ramchek and Braden Smith. So Pro Football Focus has those guys as the fifth and sixth best right tackles in the NFL last year. Uh, Brian O'Neill was 10th, which is really good. It's above average. It's not. It's, he's not an elite right tackle, but compared to some of his coworkers on the offensive line, he might as well be elite. He's the best he's offensive the lineman the Vikings have. No question. So they have to pay him. His agent knows they have to pay him. My guess is it comes down where he's a top five paid right tackle and uh, gets his payday. I don't even know what the hangup would be like. Just make him a top five paid right tackle and be done with it. And I think that's going to happen in the next week and a half. So that's where I'm at. He's really important. You figure him out first. And then if I hate if it comes to like having to you know hit free agency with Harrison Smith, it would be tough. But honestly, if you're Harrison Smith, you're probably kind of wondering what this looks like beyond 2021, too. If you mm-hmm. love Mike Zimmer, wouldn't you want to know that he's coaching in 2022? Well, and, Smith, and Smith, so Smith could step in here and tell his people, get it done. Like, I want to be there. I, I want to end my career there. I will take less. That's fine. My guess is at this point in time, both the O'Neill and Smith negotiations are being driven solely by the agents. O'Neill will probably just wait and see. Smith is at probably the point in, in his life where he will want the last word. Yeah. But I, where I sort of disagree with you on Brzezinski will get Smith's contract done is this. It can't be long term. Like he's 32. So you're not going to be like, we'll give you five years. Um, on a short-term contract, and we're seeing this right now with Kirk, on a short-term deal, like you can't push the cap down. Like you can't be, be like, okay, here's what we'll do. Voidable years in 2032, and we'll do this and that. Yeah. O- O'Neill's contract gives you a lot of wiggle room to get creative and to potentially create a contract where it looks great, it is really good, but you're not taking immediate cap hits. The Smith contract is probably one w- where you will – have no choice but take, but to take immediate cap hits. And so the question becomes, does Harrison step in and say, get get it done, or does he go down the road that you just talked about, Phil, which is, well, if Zimmer gets fired and I can go to the Buccaneers and Tom Brady will be 42 or 43, but, you know, one more chance. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where the Smith negotiation gets more dicey to me because there's only so much salary cap magic that you can work when you're dealing with a short-term contract. Yeah, yeah, the the Super Bowl thing is definitely going to be a priority for Harrison Smith. Obviously, in a perfect world, he'd like to just win a Super Bowl in a Vikings uniform and just become that legend. But if they don't go as far as everyone wants this year, it probably makes sense for him to be a free agent, and then he can decide if he wants to re-sign with the Vikings, if Mike Zimmer's back or not. Like He can make that decision. And then um, if if things are headed toward more of a rebuild or something, which would be a rarity. Like the Vikings have only really rebuilt like once in the last 20 years with the Christian Ponder draft pick. Um, I guess kind of at the beginning of the Zimmer because they transitioned to Teddy. They don't like to rebuild though. You're right. Yeah. They like to just reload. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens. I think O'Neal gets done for sure. We'll see about Harrison. I guess. I would agree. All right. What else is in your camp notes? Okay. So Zimmer came out yesterday and said that, Friday night against the Chiefs, 
he is going to have the start the same starters play. He said it's going to be very similar to the Colts game last Saturday. Kirk will play. Um, the starting offensive line will play. Jefferson, Thielen, I think, no way. Cook, no way. Patrick Peterson, no. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to, and we don't know how long, but he's going to run back what the plan was uh, last week. I guess I'm curious, too, does he run back as much of the defense? Because I thought the defensive guys showed per, uh, pretty well. The offensive guys did not, and Kirk did not. And you know what, Phil? I mean, let's cut through the crap again. I think that playing Kirk more in this game also has to do with, with the fact that, one, he's not look great in practice, and, two, Mike wants to see more. And Mike is not exactly thrilled with Kirk. Now, in fairness, I believe Andy Reid came out and said yesterday very clearly that his starters will play the entire first half. So it's not all punishment, uh, but minus Thielen and Jefferson and Cook, I think that Mike wants to see more from Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... It's so hard because it's like, yeah, they haven't played much in the preseason and weapons have been out. It's really hard to evaluate the first-team offense without Jefferson and Thielen and Cook. So I'm almost, I don't know, I'm not quite, like, panicking about the first-team offense. I would want to see more from Kirk, too, if I were Zimmer. Agreed. Um, But it's, again, like, until those guys are all on the field at the same time, it's really hard to judge anything they're doing offensively. So, But there, there, there does seem to be tension in the air between Zimmer and Cousins throughout the entire preseason. Mm-hmm. There's just not, obviously those guys aren't. Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Like, they're not texting late at night with each other schematically. You know what Mike wants? I don't think they love each other. It's just so clear. Mike desperately wants Phil Sims and what Phil had with Parcells, where he could berate him on the sideline, <laughs> where he could tell him he was stupid, where Phil told Bill to bleep off, and then went out and played like Phil Sims. So those guys didn't really get along either back in the day? Oh, he wrote... Parcells was brutal to Phil Sims, but mm. Phil Sims didn't care and was good. And Mike Zimmer's idol and mentor is Cousins, Bill Parcells. I think, Kirk Cousins, if, I think if Kirk Cousins on the sideline yelled at Mike F off, Mike would hug him and kiss him. <laughs> yeah. I think Mike wants that. I agree. I, I think, think he, he, wants, he, he wants that fire. Say, yeah. F you go shut up and coach defense. I've got this. <laughs> and he'll I would love it. to see that happen. And I think that would be a great it. sign. Yeah. So cool. anyway. All right. What's I got one more. Yeah. This falls under the category, gentlemen, genius or nepotism. Adam Zimmer, for a second consecutive game, will be given the chores of calling the Vikings defense. He did it against the Colts. Like, this is Hmm. Mike's pride and joy and was for a long time. Adam called the defense against the Colts, and, you know, Mike said, and he's not wrong, did a nice job. He will be allowed to do it again against the Chiefs. Uh, Mike basically said... Mike said a few things about this, and it was hilarious. First of all, he said, you know, I would prefer not to have to do it, and then said, but I'm probably the best. And second, he also said, he said, I shouldn't say this, which means he's going to say it, and it's fantastic, but it's I think it's tougher as a head coach to call defense than it is for the offensive head coaches to call the offensive plays. Okay. So, so he said calling defense is my – what I'm doing and trying to coach is probably more difficult than what like Sean McVay or I, I think I believe that because you're because you're react you're trying to react to what the offense is doing. Yeah, you're not setting the tempo. Like yeah, you're on offense. You're you're dictating what's happening offensively. 
now you're also reacting to like what's working, what's not. But I think you're trying to process what's the offense doing to us, and what plays do we call, and right. what personnel is available or not. You know? Right. But my and, question- and also you're cycling in like I mean you're you're not in charge of cycling in like defensive ends. That's the position coach. Right. But you're also trying to figure out is Everson on the field right now, or is he dinged? Is he out of gas? Like yeah, lot right? to it. But my question is, is this. Um, is this a good move by Mike if he considers, and I don't think that he will, but if he were to at least consider permanently turning over the defensive play calling to his son, is that a good move because it would theoretically free him up to do more as a head coach, or is that a move made because he loves his son? Well, <laughs> just like our deep passing conversation off the top of this episode, is he having some sort of like philosophical breakthrough Understanding that deep passes could be great for this football team, or is he just pissed that they went three and out three times? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's hard to tell sometimes with with Zim. Now, if he had that extra free time, for whatever reason, whether it's nepotism or it's strategy, if he had that extra free time, in theory, it would free him up to go have a conversation two or three times a game with the quarterback's coach, the quarterback, and the offensive line, right? All right, guys, hey, uh, I'm seeing some things here. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's really like when he peeks his head into a huddle on the sidelines, it's almost always the defensive huddle. Yes. But when those guys are on the field and Adam Zimmer's calling plays, Zimmer would have a little free time, maybe go pop his head over into an offensive huddle, right? I've always thought trying to call plays and coach a game would be incredibly difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you want that time? Like if you if yes. you had to go away for two minutes and say, I, I gotta go talk to my whatever, my quarterback, yes. hopefully. <laughs> But because he's always calling defensive plays, he doesn't even have time to go talk to his quarterback while the quarterback's on the bench because he's calling defensive plays. And you can't so. – and I, I just don't see how – I think as a head coach, ideally, you see the game from a 10,000-foot view, mm-hmm. and I don't see how you can do that if you're going to be hyper-focused on one side of the football. Yep. And, like, clock management, think about how important right. it is for you to have a full – like, at, when there's eight minutes on the clock, you're th- you should be thinking about, okay, once it gets down to four, once it gets down to two and a half – how many timeouts do well, we have? What where, what play, types of plays should we be calling to maximize yes. clock and position on the field? And right? challenges. Like challenges. If, you're, if you're calling defense, that means that you're basically thinking at least a play, if not two, ahead. Yes. But now I'm supposed to watch this play closely, and I probably missed it, that, we're, that we might challenge. I just think there's so many uh, micro in-game things that get taken away when you're trying to to yep. basically think ahead to the next play immediately and not absorb the play that just happened. Yeah, I mean, you wonder, the Vikings have not, under Mike Zimmer, they have not always been great at, like, the last two or three or four minutes of a half of, like, their, the clock management has left something to be desired. He's not, like, running circles around, like a like a great Madden player, right? He's not running circles around his opponents with clock management. Right. And a lot of that's because he's constantly thinking about Defensive scheming and play calling during the game. Yes. So, interesting stuff. Judd's camp notes here on Purple Daily. An inside glimpse at what's happening inside the Vikings practice facility. Our friends at Federated are helping business owners across the Twin Cities and beyond, and they've been doing so for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna. They're one of us, so to speak. And they provide risk management resources and tools and expertise for you business owners out there, they are basically like your offensive line trying to thwart defensive risks at getting to your quarterback. 
So uh, if you feel like your current partner or company is not holding up, maybe like the Vikings offensive line last year, check out federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys. That's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Don't forget, check out Judd's written work on scorenorth.com. And you can also check out on scorenorth.com and the app um, your way to hang out with Judd and Declan in a gopher football suite mm-hmm. on September 11th and get a pair of chill boys. So uh, go check out the Scornorth app and you can register to hang out with Judd and Declan, a couple beverages, watch a little gopher football. Chill boys, too. I mean, you, you go home with chill boys. Yep, yep. That's you, a win. Everyone's just going to be standing around on their chill boys drinking that's, beer. It's going to be that's great. A, that's a win for you. I've thought about it numerous boys. times, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow.